Hello and welcome to Praying on Purpose. As we begin our third week of study together, I'll take this opportunity to remind everyone that our initiative here is dedicated for Rafuah Shlema, for Ilana Chana, Basgila Brainla. We wish her a Rafuah Shlema, speedy recovery, Besoch Sha'ar Chole Yisrael. So much of what we know about davening, so much of what we know about prayer, comes from individuals who have preceded us. And in particular, Chazal, our rabbis, extract so much in terms of the messages, the format, the structure, and the tone of prayer from our patriarchs and matriarchs. There are many individuals throughout the course of Jewish history, but particularly in biblical history, who stand as examples, as shining examples of how we should pray. And I'm hoping that over the course of our study together, we will have the opportunity to look closely at some of these examples, individuals who are really paradigms, icons, and really, really very, very important role models in this regard. This morning, I'd like to focus on two of them very briefly, not so much for the substance of what we learn, but as you're going to see, there's a message that I would like to share more broadly. The first is from the Gemara in Brachos Daf Lamed Beis. The Gemara tells us that when a person davens, it is proper to first begin with Shevach, first by offering words of praise for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and afterwards a person should actually say what they want, what they need, their bakasha, as we say, the requests. And Rav Somali in the Gemara Bracha says that we learn this from Moshe Rabbeinu, because we find in the beginning of Pashas Veschanan, it says, Veschanan Hashem Be'isa Hilemor, and Moshe then continues and he says, Hashem Lukim, Moshe begins his petition by first offering words of praise. He says, Hashem, you are so great. You are incredible. You are the one who created the heavens and the earth, etc. And afterwards, Moshe then transitions into a request to go into Eretz Israel. Allow me, please, to pass into the land of Israel. So Chazal look at this and they say, oh, so from Moshe we see that when a person davens, first begin with words of praise, and then, and only then, transition into, Hashem, here's what I am looking for, here's what I would like, can you please help me in this particular area? Another sample that I'd like to share with you comes from also the Gemara Brachos, earlier in the Masech Daf Vav. Now, the day the Gemara teaches the name of Huna, an idea that I think most of us are familiar with, and that is that when a person davens, they should daven, ideally in the same place, what we call a Makom Kavua. Now is not the time to get into the details of this, and I hope, please God, to be able to do so at another time, to talk about the different aspects of Makam Kavua. Number one, why is important, and how do we define Makam Kavua, and if there are there, in what situations should a person choose not to daven in a special designated place? We'll leave that for another time. But for now, I just want to highlight the source of this idea. Rav Huna teaches, that if a person establishes a set place, Wherefore his tefillah? So the God of Abraham, the God of Avram, will be there to assist him. Avram Avinu was the one who teaches us there, this idea, because as the Pasuk teaches, Avram stood up, or rather he got up early in the morning, and he returned to the place, he stood in the place where he had previously stood. And Chazal say, oh, meaning that Avram Avinu would get up every morning, he would daven shachris in the same place. So from here we learn that there's a concept of what we call Makom Kavua. So again, without getting into the particular substance of these two ideas, there's something very, very fascinating. There's a pattern of sorts, if I can call it a pattern, with two examples that some of you may already be noticing, and I want to highlight it because it's very important. Over here, we have two areas of practical guidance. Actual halacha lemaseh. 
practical halacha that we learn, that we apply to this very day from tefillah. And they are learned from two examples, not just two individuals, but two particular tefillos. One tefillah is when Moshe asked HaKadosh Baruch Hu to assist him in his, in, in his quest to enter the land of Israel. And the second one is when Avram Avinu was davening to Hashem to, on behalf of the city of Sodom. Avram davened that Hashem should not destroy the city of Sodom, as was his stated intention, as reported to Avram by the Malach who came to visit him. Now, it's really, really interesting, and, and maybe beyond that, it's, it's quite fascinating, is that both of these examples are, you would think, terrible examples that we should learn from, because they didn't work. <clears throat> In Moshe's case, he davened to Hashem, Chazal tell us, 515 times, he prayed again and again, please allow me to enter the land of Israel. And what does Hashem say to him? Shh, no. And not only that, he says, please do not ask again. Avram Avinu davened, he didn't just davened, he appealed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he petitioned to him, he negotiated back and forth and back and forth on behalf of the city of Sodom, and at the end of the day, his efforts failed. And so you would think that these would be the two worst examples that we would turn to for inspiration, how to pray, why would we want to go ahead and extract meaning, direction? Why would we want to look at these samples as a way to understand how we could pray? If anything, these are, these are terrible examples. Chazal said, you know what? Best to just put these aside and let's take a look at prayers that worked. Let's take a look at those examples. And undoubtedly, there are many examples. Examples of individuals who prayed. Let's take an example. And we learned, for example, from Chana. I don't want to get into Chana right now. Let's take a look at that tefillah, as we do, and learn many things because we know that Chana's prayers were answered. She ultimately had a child, Shmuel and Avi. But yet Chazal, they look at this particular example, these two examples, and they say, oh, from here we could learn how to pray. Why should that be? That doesn't really make any sense. And the answer, my friends, is because we have it all wrong. We think, we think that a successful prayer is one in which the person gets what he or she is asking for. Again, now we can't we can't look at this in the most limited sense. Ultimately, there are times that sometimes we don't get initially what we want. Maybe we will down the line. Sometimes we don't get what we want because it's really not good for us. There's a lot to unpack here. But just to stay sort of focused on the simple idea that so often we daven, or, or I should say we, we imagine, we think, we focus primarily on the goal of getting what we want. That's why we are in this. And Chazal were so careful to redirect our attention, our focus from that idea, that they looked at tefillos, which at least on the surface seemed like they were failed missions. They looked like they, they didn't work. And so therefore, if it didn't work once, why would you go ahead and, and copy that and emulate it? And they say, to the contrary, these are examples of prayers that we should try to learn from, and they can serve as, as, as a, an example of inspiration for many, many generations. I would like to share with you a brief quote, just an excerpt of a longer quote from Rabbi Jonathan Zaks of Chonel of Racha in his introduction to the Koran Siddur. And he writes that prayer changes the world because it changes us. At its height, it is a profoundly transformative experience. If we have truly prayed, we come in the course of time to know that the world was made and we have been made for a purpose, that God, though immeasurably vast, is also intensely close. That, and he quotes the Pasuk from Tehillim that we've been saying throughout the month of 
of Elul, though my father and mother may reject me, God will gather me in. Hashem Yasveni. In other words, says Rabbi Sachs that what happens when we daven is that there are changes that are going on inside of us. Our attitude, our perspective, our understanding of the world changes. And he writes, prayer is less about getting what we want to then learning about what to want. Our priorities change. We become less angular. We learn that deep happiness comes from learning to give praise and thanks. The world we build tomorrow is born in the prayers we say today. Rabbi Sachs reminds us that which I think intuitively we all know, and that is that prayer, he says, so powerfully is less about getting what we want than about learning what to want. And we dare not look at those great individuals, those pillars of inspiration, who prayed again and again and again how Avram Avinu would return to that place. And he appealed and he petitioned to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And even though from his very limited perspective, or I should say from our very limited perspective, you looked at that and you say, oh, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't successful. There were no fruits that ultimately came from that effort. It was a failed mission. And so therefore we should just sort of move on and try again. Chazal say, stop right there. That is a perfect example. That is a, that is a, that is a perfect example of, of commitment to tefillah. We should look at that, how Avram Avinu got up every day and he davened in the same place, even if not especially at those moments where he was on a very simple level, he was frustrated. He must have been. We see the degree to which Avram prayed and requested Moshe Rabbeinu was pleading with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please allow me to go in. And Hashem said no. But we still look at those prayers, and they serve as eternal examples for each and every one of us, how to daven. We should be inspired, not only by Avram's examples and, and by Moshe's example, but the degree to which Chazal look at this, and they view these as being just perfect, perfect samples for us to learn from. And it shouldn't be lost on us that for all generations, the Dore Doros, these examples of tefillah serve as constructive and, and, and instructive examples as to how we are to pray. We should never, ever, ever fall into the trap of looking at a tefillah being simply, as I said last week, transactional. This is a means to get what I want. Of course, that is part of it. And not only that, I want to, for the final time, validate that there is what to be said about that. There is a transactional aspect of prayer, but it is so much more. It is about the relationship that builds between myself and the Rabboni Shalom each time I turn and each time I face HaKadosh Baruch Hu and realize, as Rabbi Sachs says, although he is immeasurably vast, he is intensely close. That is, more than anything else, our primary goal each and every time we turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in prayer. Thank you very much and have a wonderful day.